It's, it's you and not me. I, wow. I thought it was, I, I thought, thought it was Tuesday. You, you, I'm so sorry. You threw me sorry. off for a second there. You threw me off. I was like, I, I don't know if any, I don't know if the mic picked it up, but I literally went <gasps> like to breathe. And then, and then all I heard was, oh, <laughs> it's not me today. I'm, I'm literally, I'm literally looking at the, at the date where it says Thursday, August 24th. And I don't know. Go ahead. You go. You just do it. Just, just do it. I, and you have to do it still. Hello, everybody. Today is Friday. August 25th, 2023. This is the, the 65th Lord. episode of the Talk Off podcast. No, no, I'm, I'm, you ruined it for me. You, you stole my thunder. I'm sorry. So I'm, now, I'm now, now sorry. the intro sucks. I fucked it. But it's this okay. is a podcast. It's okay. Not like a TV show, so we can't cut it. There's no cutting. We don't do that. There is no cutting. There is no I'm cutting. sorry, but if you're a podcast out there and you like edit and like take stuff out, fuck you. Why would you take you know, anything? You know, out? you know who you know who might be doing some cutting soon. Who? Fucking Shohei Otani's elbow. Hell! Oh, got it. Nah, in all seriousness, that does suck for for uh, baseball. So yeah, Zach, let's, let's get into the big the big news of today. Uh, Shohei Otani felt like he had some arm fatigue on Wednesday. Hours later. Uh, comes out. Otani has a tear in his UCL. He will not pitch for the remainder of the 2023 season. It is unknown currently whether he needs surgery or not on his pitching elbow. Uh, it looks like he's getting a second opinion. Who knows whether that opinion will will uh uh you okay, Zach? You're, you're moving around a lot over there. I haven't done a thing. <laughs> What what happened? I didn't do anything. Oh, on my screen, it, it, you're just all right. Whatever. Um, yeah. So Otani, Otani on the shelf now, torn UCL. This uh, this come this this came as a shock. This came as a shock to me. I woke up to this news this morning. I uh, kind of thought it wasn't real at first. I kind of thought it was fake. Uh, but then I was like, holy shit, Otani actually does have a tear in his UCL. May or may not need Tommy John. Definitely is out for the remainder of the season and definitely affects his free agency value for this upcoming offseason. He's he's out for the remainder of the season on the mound. The Angels did, said today that their right. plan is to keep him hitting. So he's still going to win MVP. I think it's yeah, hilarious how last how last episode I'm pretty sure we were talking about if Otani got hurt right now, would he still win MVP? I remember that. Yeah. I remember and then that. Boom. Boom. Tommy John. He's getting Tommy John. Like he, he's going to have, he's getting Tommy John and he's already had it. So this will be number yeah, two. This will be the, the second time in five years. There's so many good pitchers out there. I've looked at like the list before. There's so many good pitchers that I've had two Tommy John surgeries. It's incredible. Yeah. DeGrom. And now including Otani. DeGrom, Otani, uh, Glass now, I'm pretty sure. This is McClanahan's second. Um, there's a ton more. I just can't remember. But still, like, we should get Tommy John in solidarity of with, with uh, Otani. I really wanted to get, get Tommy John in high school. Tommy I'm John. not going to lie to you. In high school, I was like, it. I was like, I need to get Tommy John. It, dude, you watch all these guys get Tommy John and come back with three to five miles per hour more life on that fastball. Come on. I'd be going D1 if I had five miles an hour on my fastball. So, yeah, <laughs> I would love, love to get Tommy John. Yeah, so this this is this is a gut punch to the Angels who were seemingly buyers a few weeks ago at the deadline, kind of going all in as much as the the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim can really go in all in. But this is uh this this is such a step back for them. And, and to add insult to injury, Mike Trout also goes on the shelf last night with a wrist injury. It, it's so sad. It's, it's incredible how unlucky this team is. 
It's, I'm telling you, the Angels are the Mets of the West Coast. It's basically the same team. Good roster, beginning of the year. Yep, they have the roster. Just like the Angels. The Angels for the past five fucking years, all we've been saying, with Otani and Trout on the same team, how can you not win? For the past, ever since Otani came over, that's all we've been saying. And they fail to do it every single year. Mike Trout can't stop fighting injuries, which is just a gut punch to the world of baseball because not having him on the field in a season just sucks because he just watching what he can do on a day-to-day basis is amazing. And losing Otani now too, the darling of baseball, baseball's guy, everybody in Otani. If you talk about baseball, you talk about Otani. That guy going down on the mound – is honestly not that surprising. I feel like he's come out of a couple starts this year. I know it was like a couple blisters and like uh, uh, some stupid stuff sometimes, but this was like the third or fourth start this year that he's been pulled, which is never a good sign. Second Tommy John now, the arm is definitely going to get tired. And the conversation comes back to... Is he going to keep pitching even? And if he doesn't, what is that going to do to his potential contract this offseason? Or what is the Tommy John just going to do to the t- contract this offseason too? Because I'm sure a lot of teams who are looking to sign him are not happy seeing this news come out. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it – like obviously it doesn't affect Otani the hitter, but Otani the pitcher, his price tag just went down, and it just went down a lot. Two Tommy Johns are red flags all over the place. And who knows going into, he's going to turn 30 shortly. Who knows into his mid to late thirties, how the back end of that contract will play out with an aging arm with two TJs uh, in, in the gas tank. Is that, is that, is that, is that a good way to phrase it under the hood with two, with two TJs under the hood? Yeah, it's it's just so weird though, because like because he's also a hitter, you have to think about it in a totally different way. And obviously, a lot of guys, a lot of pitchers coming off two Tommy Johns, they're just working to get back to to, to playing and and to getting paid and working their job every day. Otani is still going to hit, so I think the whole hitting aspect just brings a whole new level to this because you really don't know. Obviously, his I'm I'm sure his goal is going to be to get on the mound again. I, I'm sure he's not just going to ditch pitching. But teams that sign him this offseason, I wonder how they're going to structure this contract now because with two Tommy Johns under the hood, as you say, the arm is not going to last that much longer. I, I, I mean – Five years, five to seven years would be in like, like seven years, I think would be insane. Like you'd be lucky to get seven years left more of this arm. I would think it's in more of the three to five range just because he is such a good hitter as well is that you just really like, there's no reason this guy needs to be riddled with injuries because he's on the mound every fifth day. Yeah, it's, it's going to get to a point where I'm sure a lot of teams are going to start viewing him as primarily a hitter now, which, I mean, I think a lot of people kind of thought on the back end of his career he would be primarily a hitter. I wonder if the two Tommy Johns, obviously, I mean, look, he's going to come back and he's still going to be Shohei Otani on the mound. It's it's not going to be, it's not going to affect his ability, in my opinion, in any, any way. He's still going to go out there and have the same ability he does now. I just wonder if the innings limit is going to become an issue Maybe just keep him as a long reliever and like maybe keep him coming out of the pen because I don't know. It's just like, it just seems a lot. I mean, this dude is like pumping a hundred pitches and he's trying to throw his arm out every single time. He throws hard for a starter. I mean, like we saw, we saw it happen to DeGrom. DeGrom was, DeGrom's velocity was probably like, I, I want to say he was sitting like 98 to 101 regularly during his starts. And Otani was kind of in the same ballpark. And now both of those guys within a year of each other have gone down with Tommy John. I just don't think it's it's a sustainable way to throw. So maybe a guy like him, Otani, where he has versatility both, you know, 
offensively and on the mound. Maybe just leave him as a bullpen piece. Like you don't need to make him a starter. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how like how that would work with the with the hitting and like could you be like in a game and they're I don't know, down a run, he's already hit a homer, and you just throw him in the seventh inning. But the problem is, is if he's a reliever, then you got to take him out. Like he only – I don't know how that works. Not necessarily because you know what you could do? You could – could you do a – I guess do a you double could, switch? Could you move your pitcher to DH? I don't know, honestly. Could you, could you do a I double guess. switch, move your, pitcher to, move your pitcher to DH, move him to pitcher – and then substitute your, the pitcher in the DH spot for a hitter. And then if he needs to come out, double switch again. Yeah, I guess. It would you just could be get like, creative with it. Yeah, I guess you they, could. They would I don't, I don't really. Otani, they, but they would probably make the Otani rule where you couldn't do that. Yeah, and I just think it would be tough for him just like every day. I, I, I don't I, like because as a bullpen piece, you can get used three days in a row. Like you get used three days in a row. You get used one day and then not again for another five days. Like I think the schedule is just like on his arm is like, I understand like it's, it's definitely less of a workload than starting, but some people say it's not just because bullpen arms are, they don't save anything because they have no need to, they have, they have one inning of work. They all know they have one inning of work and they try to do it as, as fast as physically possible. So a lot of bullpen guys are out there putting forth 120% on every single pitch. When you see starters like in the 85 to 90 range, cause they know they have to throw 110 pitches that day. So I don't know. It, it's going to be really interesting this off season when it comes to Otani and when it comes to free agency, because look, guys have shown that they can come back from two Tommy Johns and, and still be, serviceable maybe not be as good as they were but still good pitchers and Otani uh like will he come back from this and be bad no he might go from elite to great or great to good but he's not going to completely fall off a hill I think the problem that a lot of GMs are going to have this offseason is that they really don't know how to value him because of how long is that arm going to last post Tommy John surgery because he ain't pitching all the next year. He's not going to pitch once next year. Even if he hit like he, he might hit for a little bit. He might hit for a little, he might come back early and hit for a little bit, but the odds are he's going to be out a lot of next year if he's getting Tommy John surgery. So now you're looking at, all right, he is already a year off rehabbing that arm. Exactly. So like it's already a year off when you're first going to sign a guy, which is something you never want. You're going to have to pay him, $40 $40 million at least in that year when he's not even playing. And then you have to decide how do I value, how do I structure this contract? So when this guy's 40 years old, he's not on the mound play like throwing like shit. And I'm still paying him $65 million. That can't happen. I think his value definitely is going to go down a little bit because of this Tom and John surgery. But you honestly never know because there are guys out there that have been willing to bet on guys after two Tommy John sur- surgeries. Look at Max Scherzer. I mean, not Max Scherzer. Look at Jacob DeGrom. The Rangers aren't giving up on him. There, he's got, He's going to come back and still be good. And we've seen guys come back from two Tommy John surgeries before, and we've seen guys still be successful. We've seen teams still go out there and go and get them. So I don't – like. I don't re- like this is so weird because I just don't know what's going to happen this off season. I don't know if teams are going to be, you know, maybe a little scared to go after Otani now because of this news. If teams are going to go out there and give him a contract, uh, just a hitter's contract and say, we want you to come and hit. If you want to pitch, I guess we're not the place for you. I don't know, but I'm excited. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if that would happen. I just feel like, I don't know. Every every day that we've learned more details about this Tommy John, the more it's making me think he's going to go back to the Angels now. I agree, honestly. I think this might be the best news for Angels helps fans. The Angels. I mean, if it, yeah, this this definitely helps the Angels more than any other also, team getting him. 
This also helps other teams, though. I mean, this this could bring a few other teams into the mix for him in free agency. I mean, now the price tag isn't going to be half a billion dollars. It's going to come down a little bit. So maybe we could see some people enter the the race that we at one point didn't expect to see them in there. Yeah, I think the price is going to come down a little bit, but I really don't think it's going to be as much as people might think. I think it's he's still going to be a 50 AAV guy, at least. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But yeah, Otani, second Tommy John in Major League Baseball within the last five years. Right before the free agency, that's definitely not an ideal uh start to the second half of 2023 that Otani was looking to have, but uh, kind of roll with the punches, see what happens here. Angels Angels are almost certainly going to look like the biggest idiots no matter what at the end of this year. Whether they sign Otani, they could keep Otani, you know, they obviously have Trout locked up. They can keep two of them for the next decade. Still look like the biggest idiots after this season for the fact that they went all quote unquote their version of all in uh and their record since the deadline has been awful so this is a massive disappointment for the angels yeah the, their version of all in was was terrible i mean lucas giolito has been absolutely horrible and then they go and they're like oh we need some bats let's get cj crone and randall grichuk what they they didn't do anything. They just got more guys that suck. And I feel bad yeah, because agreed. I want the Angels to be good. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Steven Strasburg retiring today at the age of 35 years old. Guy who's dealt with a shit ton of inter- uh, in- uh, injuries. Excuse me. Uh Feel, I honestly feel bad for Strasburg, but Zach, I'm, I'm curious to to hear your take on this. Do you think the injuries – I mean, Strasburg, let's not get it wrong. He was probably – besides Bryce Harper, let, let's take Otani essentially out of this conversation. Before Otani, it was Strasburg and Harper were the two most hyped prospects that I can remember growing up. Uh it was, you know, Strasburg getting going one in 09, Harper going one in 2010. Like this was all any baseball head was talking about. Strasburg, 13 years in the big leagues, finished ends his career with 113 wins, 62 losses, a 3.24 ERA, 1,400 innings pitched, and 1,700 Ks. Do you think that the injuries has ruined his legacy because honestly, I, as much as like, I, I say like Tim Lincecum's legacy is perfect as is. I think Steven Strasburg's legacy is perfect as is because even though like, I think it's great, like not, not obviously not great that the injury was built into his legacy, but I think it goes to show like a lot about who he was as a player, considering the fact that he, he, you know, he had a great, he came up was all the hype for his first two years. Uh, dealt with Tommy John, then battled back after that. Young in his career, became a three-time All Star, and then later in his career, more injuries. Comes back again, wins a World Series, World Series MVP. Like I don't, I, I, I think it's, I think it's a pretty sick legacy to have that that of what he accomplished, but I'm just curious to get your take on that. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who, like you said, when he came up, he he was one of the best draft. Like he was the most hype draft pick probably of our life. Like you said, maybe besides Bryce Harper, any, when he was coming up, anyone, anyone, anything, anyone could talk about everything was about Steven Strasburg. He was supposed to be the best pitching prospect ever. And you hear now a lot of guys get compared to Steven Strasburg. Like this is the best pitching prospect since Steven Strasburg, like blah, blah, blah. Because Steven Strasburg, when he was coming up, was just so, so, so dominant at such a young age. And 
when he came into the league, he really he honestly hit the ground running, and he had great great years. He was an all star in his third year in twenty and uh, twenty twelve. His first full year in the leagues, he was an all star. And yeah, the the injuries sucks, and there was definitely some battles with injury at the end of his career. But like I, I kind of like what you say with the Tim Lincecum comparison there because they just had such high highs and such low lows and like Tim Lincecum we saw him come up we saw him win world series we saw him dominate and then he just faded away and Steven Strasburg it was kind of the same thing just to extend it a little bit longer like we saw him come up we saw how good he was going to be we saw how good he was and then we saw him just fade away and a lot of that was because of injuries I do think there's something to say just uh, especially legacy wise, if we're just talking about legacy, like there's something to say about a guy who stayed with the same team his entire career. That's always good. That always helps your leg. Like this is an all time nationals pitcher right here. The combination of Steven Strasburg and Max Scherzer was filthy for years. And it wasn't all about Scherzer Uh, for some of those years. Strasburg was the one that people feared in that rotation. So I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's it's sad the way his career ended because I think he could have kept he could have kept going. He could have kept pitching, maybe not be as dominant as he was in, you know, the early twenty teens and, and around then, but I think he still had gas in the tank. It was just the injuries piled up, the age piled up and, and he like I said, he faded away. So so a good question would be obviously so and I don't know if this has already been announced, but um, I'm assuming it's a mortal lock that Ryan Zimmerman's number is retired by the Nationals. I think behind that, it, it you have to retire Strasburg's. I agree. I, I think he's. I think he's a Nationals legend. Like like the Nationals will remember Steven Strasburg years and years. Like. I'm telling you, it's it's especially because he was a national his whole career. That means so much. Like they did have Max Scherzer, one of the greatest pitchers of our generation, but Max Scherzer was there for a couple years. Steven Strasburg came up as as a national. He was his best as a national. He'll retire a national. Steven Strasburg is Washington Nationals baseball. They should retire his number. I think they absolutely will. Maybe in maybe not this like next year, but they I think they will. Yeah, no, a few years down the line, it, it's it's got to be. I mean, like, there's only uh, like I'm gonna look it up. Like, have they? Uh... I want to look up like 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 national. I wonder strikeouts. if they took some numbers over from the Expos. Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, they did take numbers over from the Expos. Eight and eight for Gary Carter. Met thanks. Um. <laughs> Rusty Staub, Matt, thanks. Um, it's Steven Strasburg. He leads the Nationals in strikeouts. Retired number 11. Yeah, Ryan Zimmerman's number is retired. Oh, it is. So it's it's going to be it's it's yeah, Ryan Zimmerman's 11. So the third the the second the second number to be retired in Nationals history is going to be Strasburg. And then like honestly, this is going to sound crazy, but like you could make the argument that Scherzer could get his number retired in DC too. Yeah, he was I, there I for think seven he definitely years. can. He was he was he was there for was, for he, quite that, a that bit of a, time. That, that was his longest tenure team. It that was. was his longest and, tenure and, team, and, and there, he won there a World was Series. a point. That's a big piece of it too. Yeah, and the, there was a point there that. Like it, it seemed like it was going to be Scherzer and Strasburg. I feel like forever. Like everybody, like it was Scherzer Strasburg in Washington. That was just what they did. That was the, why they won the World Series. It was because it was on the backs of Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg, especially Strasburg. I I think Max Scherzer has a chance. I I, I definitely think he has a chance. But I I think Zimmerman's already in. I think that Strasburg is definitely going to be next. And Scherzer, I'd be surprised a little bit, but yeah, I guess you could make the argument. I am looking at their um, their career, like their leaders in a bunch of pitching statistics, and he leads in quite quite a few things. 
Yeah, I mean, just for the sole fact that I mean, let, let, let's be honest here. Let's be honest here. Scherzer will go in to the to the Hall of Fame not wearing a cap. I don't think I don't think he's gonna wear. I think he's just gonna go. He's just gonna go in. He's. I don't think he's gonna pick one team. But if there was to be one team he was gonna pick, it would one thousand percent be the the Nationals that he should be picking because he won two of his three Cy Youngs with the Nationals. Uh finished top 10 in MVP twice with the Nat. I mean, he in one World Series, the Nationals. So when, when people think of Max Scherzer, I mean, I guess like for like real, like diehard baseball fans, you'll think of both Nationals and Tigers, but a majority of people are just going to think of him as an, as a National. Yeah, and I mean, he he had a lot of his best seasons as National, just like you said. I mean, he won two Cy Youngs. Yeah, he won one in Detroit, but... He won two in in Washington, and while he was in Washington, besides his last year, he never finished. Nope, that was because he got traded, so yes, he did. In every single year as a national, he finished top five in Cy Young voting. Like, Max Scherzer was dominant as a national, and yeah, a lot of people have seen him as a Tiger, and... I'm sure there's going to be some people out there that see him as a national, and I would see him as a national. I think he was at his best when he was a national. Maybe that's just because I was old enough to appreciate how good he was when he was on the nationals, not on the Tigers. But I think when I think Max Scherzer, I think nationals. I obviously he had a great, um, a great small, small four or five year career in Detroit, but. Those years in Washington with him in Strasburg, and that was just peak Max Scherzer. That was peak pitching, peak Nationals. If he was to go in wearing a hat, I think he'd definitely wear that. I got a good question for you, Zach. You'll like this one. And you know me. I love questions. I am by no stretch of the imagination a National sympathizer. You know my very well where I stand on this fake organization. I do. Um, but – I'm going to throw this take out there. In my opinion, in my opinion, top to bottom, I think the Nationals might be the best run team of the 2010s. But listen, they didn't win a lot of playoff games, but they I'm looking at it here. 1 2 3 4 four NL East titles. Uh one I mean since 2011, they've had from 2011 to 2019, which is the year they won the World Series. They had a winning record every single year. And you talk about the type of players that had come out of the Nationals organization: Soto, Turner, Strasburg, Harper. I mean, and then you go out there and you got get guys like Scherzer, um, Daniel Murphy was in there, Wilson Ramos, Rendon. I think this might be the best run franchise of the 2010s. I mean, I I definitely think that's it was a little bit of a spicy take. I think, but you can definitely make an argument because the Nationals people do forget about how good the Nationals were and how much of like they were just like a lock for 85 wins like every year like it was a hundred and the, the crazy thing were, was they never they, they had not won a playoff series before 2019 yeah exactly they were like but they were always a good team like they were never as bad as they are now like 55 60 win, like 65 wins or whatever they are they, they were never that like the, if you went to go play the nationals you feared the nationals because a lot because of that rotation like you always feared their rotation and just like you said, they've had plenty of guys in the 2010s come up and be great in that system, like Harper, Rendon, Turner. All these guys come up and be very good. I think there's definitely some other answers that you could give. Um, but I guess the Nationals are up there. I guess I'm trying to I think had, of the 2010s. Like, who was good I from mean, 2010 to 2020? Like, like the, like Red people Sox. would say, oh, like the Dodgers are great, but like the Dodgers sucked in the beginning part of the 2010s. They didn't get good till like 2015. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you when a better question. Like, let, let me ask you a better question. Okay. What 
team has produced more MVP caliber players in the last decade in the Nationals? Okay. Um, MVP caliber. Let me look. Because you have, because you have, not the Texans, because you not have the, Rangers, the Nationals not the had Twins. three. Had can, can we can we say that 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 like three to four year stretch when Rendon was like finishing top five in MVP? That's MVP caliber. Am I? Can, are you going to count him for me there? I might give you a half. Okay, so so I, I so three and a half. Turner, Harper, Soto, and half of Rendon. Like what other team has and produced? And Strasburg, um, and obviously I'm, I'm leaving out the Zimmerman and um, like the trades, the trades, like they made great trades. That's what people forget too. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, and, and some good free agency sign. Who was that pitcher that they signed? Um, they signed a pitcher uh, from the Detroit Tigers. Who was a good signing? Never really panned out for them, but it was a good signing. Like they were always active. Like they were never sitting on their ass. They were. I mean, you could consider DC big market, but like I kind of consider it like quasi media market. Like they spent like a big spender. They were going after guys like every year. They were after the biggest names. They wanted to compete and they wanted to win. Yeah, hundred percent. There's no question about it. And uh, just looking through the, li- the list of teams to try to find somebody, I, 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 there's not really many other teams that you could say between between 2010 and 2020. I mean, you could say Houston because uh, Correa, Altuve, Springer, Alvarez. Like I guess you could say them. Honestly, I was thinking maybe Oakland. Chapman, Olsen, Semyon. Who else was an A? You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody I mean, forgets the A's, about Oakland, But like the, the A's had a lot of good players. I, I mean, you could say, I mean, the A's had a lot of good players. I just think like the Nat, like it's very rare you have like four or five guys coming through your system who you can confidently like count to be in an MVP race in a singular, singular year. No, yeah, definitely, and I, I think I think the problem with the Nationals right now is that the the drop off was so quick and so big. It was so quick. I think, and I think the the reason why it was so quick was because, I, honestly, you want my honest opinion. The honest opinion about the Nationals. I don't want you to lie to me. I think, I think the best move that they ever made was getting rid of Bryce Harper. I thought the worst move they ever made was getting rid of Juan Soto. I kind of agree with that. I, I think getting rid of Harper was the right move at the time. They needed to. Be- they had I, to. I, I, I just thought he was too much of a distraction from the – like I think – like I love Bryce Harper as a player. Do I think he is uh, the most important piece that you should be spending $300 million on to establish a World Series contender? No. No. Because I think he's just a little bit too much of a showboater to be like the main guy. And I understand that's what you want. It puts asses in seats, but like Juan Soto in your he was blocked by Soto and you can make the argument. Soto's a better player. I think Soto is definitely a better player. And especially when you look at Harper, where he's at in his career right now, like he's filling in at first and he's DHing. Like he's not even playing the outfield anymore. And he didn't barely, he played, played the outfield last year. Like, he hasn't been playing the outfield, and he's not this dominant outfielder. He's basically a DH. So if they kept him, you would have paid a DH. And I think a lot of teams have realized that paying a DH a shit ton of money really just doesn't give you that much. Like, it just doesn't give you that much. Like, great, you have Bryce Harper on your team, and that's awesome. He's a great hitter. But is he ever going to play the field? Yeah, it's fair. it's a very fair point. I feel like a lot of the like the modern look at baseball, a lot of guys, because of especially because I think a lot of the analytics and a lot of the new statistics that we have in baseball now all favor not favor, but they all are a lot. A lot of them are towards hitting. There are a lot of hitting stats, hitting analytics, all this shit, and hitting and pitching. 
there's not a lot of defense. Like it's defensive run saved, like stuff like that. Like they have analytics for defense, but I think all this diving deeper into hitting and how, and the importance that they put on hitting now, I think defense sometimes gets washed away and people don't care if someone's a bad defender. It's, oh, you can hit me 35 to 40 pumps and, and actually bat above 275 with 100 RBIs, you're on the team. I don't care where you play. I think that's like, especially me, like being a Boston Red Sox fan, we have the most errors uh, almost every year for the past three years, I think. It's terrible. Uh, it's just errors upon errors, and I can't stand it. I personally, as a lot of people know, am more of an old school baseball kind of guy. I think defense is extremely important. That's why a lot of people who I claim to be the best players in the league usually are people who are better defenders because I there's two sides to the game. It's offense and defense. I think when you look at the Nationals and when you look at Harper and what they were going to get out of Harper, they made the complete right move. They shouldn't have coughed up money to a guy who, like you said, could have been a distraction for the team at times. Like he got into plenty fights while he was in a nationals uniform. Never forget him and Jonathan Papelbon going at it in the dugout. Shout out Jonathan Papelbon. Great Red Sox. That was awesome because that was during their collapse in 2015. uh, And they were playing the Mets that day. That was awesome. (laughs) That was, that was actually hilarious. Jonathan Papelbon is a, a mean oh yeah. Guy. I mean, I mean, we walked into DC. I remember that series so vividly. We, we the the team went into DC, um, and we were like, we'll be so happy if we take two out of three, and we fucking kicked their teeth in every single game. It was awesome. I mean, they were, in my opinion, the Nationals were the better team. We just were on such a hot streak with like once we got Cespedes that year, uh, the division was over. I mean, Cespedes was the hottest player in baseball. He was. Remember when he was a Red Sox? That was yeah. Weird. Remember when he was an A? Yeah, he was good. I think he played like ten games for the Red Sox. <laughs> yeah, signed like a decently medium-sized contract with us, and then like never played at all after that. So, likes horses. Yep. Speaking of the Mets, uh, you see uh, Dwight Gooden and uh, oh yeah, Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry are getting their uh, numbers retired. I did not see that. Did you see that the Mets were going to trade Pete Alonso to the Brewers? I did see that. I think that's kind of crazy that they were very, very close to doing it. Like I know they were sh- like like low key shopping him like. Go ahead. Uh, I I saw like conflicting reports that that was like rumors, but I don't know. I wouldn't put it past him. I I think I think rumors. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I I, I kind of want Pete. I kind of want Pete gone too. But I'm on the trade Pete Alonso trade wave too. Like, are you really? Can I ask why? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just think like, I just think it's for, for for personally, like a lot of Mets fans wouldn't agree with this, but I I just don't I just think there's better first baseman out there. I think we could develop a better first baseman, and if he's not hitting for power, he's definitely not hitting for average. Uh, and when he doesn't hit, he's a complete liability in the lineup, and I'd rather have someone who's a little more consistent. Uh, like 50 home runs is awesome, but if 50 home runs is ca- coming at the cost of someone hitting 215, then maybe it's time to... And, and also, not to mention that that price tag on that contract is going to be outrageous. So if you're going to pay for uh, a 215 batting average, 50 home runs, 115 RBIs, uh, yeah, it's awesome in theory because it's like, oh, hometown guy, we come through the system, we're going to retain him. It's awesome. It's great. I love it. Uh, don't pay him two hundred fucking million dollars, okay? Yeah, I, I think the, I, I think I, I understand what you're saying, like because the whole contract thing makes it completely different. Because 
you really don't want to overpay a guy like that. And I do think that they could end up overpaying a guy like that just because of the pop that they see. They're and like I him, said, they're going to give him over 150 million, hundred percent. I think they, let me, let me look at something. I mean, look, and I love Pete Alonzo. Like he's, he's definitely a, 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 a funny dude, but like, like you wouldn't you give him a eight lot of one fifty. I, I. That's just under twenty I mean, million a year. I don't even maybe, think he would do that. But like, but I don't think he would do that. I don't think so either. But I'm just asking you, like, it, it, like if he, what, it, eight if, for one fifty, if he would take that offer, I would probably do that. But that I would because not I would, go higher than one fifty, and I wouldn't go more than eight years. Because I was just I was just looking at at other first basemen because especially first basemen they don't make as much as a premier position like shortstop or center field or anything like that. But the Matt Olson contract, Matt Olson when he signed with the Braves, he signed an eight year one hundred and sixty eight million dollar contract, and I think Matt Olson is a better He's player than Pete Alonso. Far better than Peace. See, far I think better. the far is is a little. I don't think he's far better than Pete Alonso. I, I think he's definitely, I think he's better, but I don't think it's that much of a discrepancy. Well, think, and if he's I making eight for one sixty-eight, I think he's defensively a liability. I think he's defensively a liability. And I don't think that's he's a liability. Is, I, I think he's a liability. Defensively, he's a liability. Olsen is a Gold Glover. Not to mention he hits for average too and has pop. So I think I think the discrepancy is wide. I think it's very wide. And I think considering the fact that he got eight one sixty eight, I think it would be outrageous for the Mets to pay anywhere up north of one fifty for Pete Alonso. Yeah, I think it would be uh... I don't know. I I don't know. I I personally think they should keep him. I I I do. I think there's a lot of value there, and, and I really don't think. I think there's a lot of value for the Mets. I don't think there's a lot of value in dealing him because I don't think he would call for a giant haul. I think if you can get a deal like eight for one fifty done, if he can, if he will accept that, I think that's a great deal. I think you should get that done, and that's honestly not an unfair deal. Again, when you look at what other first basemen are making, that's not an unfair deal, 8 for 150. I don't know. I just think they should keep him. I think especially a team like the Mets who, as we like to joke about, has never had a forever player. And I think the fact that he did come up in the system, just it just means something. And I do. I also think like guys that come up in the system and immediately get traded, or, or it, it seems like the front office doesn't care about them. They're just like, whatever, we'll find someone better than you. I think that sends a bad message to your farm system as well. I think that sends a bad message to guys who you're trying to bring into the system. Like, if they're going to get rid of this guy who they brought up and he's been in the system, they know him, he's had great seasons, he's been an all star, and they're just like, get the hell out of here. I think that can prevent guys from going there and you can get a bad reputation as an ownership group and as general manager. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I, I just personally think they should keep him. I just thought that the news of them severely shopping him and there was basically a deal in place for him. I think that was a little shocking. Yeah, it's definitely shocking. But like I said, I, I mean, I was, I was on the, um, Excuse me, a little Shohei Otani video popped up on my uh, on my browser. Um, I was on the I was on the I, I was saying before a, a month before the trade deadline, trade Scherzer. I was I was saying trade Verlander, and I floated the idea around of the Mets getting rid of Alonzo for the right price. Uh, do I think it's going to happen this off season? I would put the the percentage of my confidence that he's on the twenty four roster. I would say I have like like a sixty five percent confidence that he'll be on the roster next year. 
I just think the Mets are going to shop him a lot more than people think because he has a team, a, a year of team control. Um, I, I think it. I, I I'm penciling him in to be on the 24 roster, but I'm leaving a little eraser by the side just to scratch him off if need be. I think that's smart. You should leave an. You should leave a little eraser. Yeah, don't. There's no need to put his name in ink yet. Yeah, you definitely don't want to do that. No, definitely not. Uh, all right, I think that uh, that might yeah, be that's it about for all me. I you want to talk about. Yeah, getting some picks, maybe. Yeah, let's do some picks. Powered by Riverside. Picks for Friday, August 25th. I can go first here. Uh, There's no line on my app now, but I'm going with the Mets tomorrow night. Mets uh, at home against the Angels. Show, uh, excuse me. Uh, I almost said Shohei Otani because I saw his name right there. I was going to say that he was pitching, and I think he was supposed to pitch the series, but he's not going to be pitching the series. Yikes. Good for the Mets. Sorry, Angels fans. I didn't mean to be mean. I didn't mean <laughs> to be mean about losing Otani. I'm going to Mets tomorrow night. Good pick. Good pick. Love those Mets. And, uh, I'm going to and Eric- it wouldn't be an episode of the Talk Off podcast if I didn't have to pee, so I will be right back. Of course. I'm not surprised. I'm surprised you made it this long. Uh, I'm going to go with D-backs. Uh, D-backs over Cincinnati Reds tomorrow in Phoenix. Tough pitching matchup for the D-backs uh, tomorrow night with Brendan Fa on the mound. Has yet to win a game this year with a 6 ERA, but Diamondbacks are hot. 1-8 of the last 10. I like the Diamondbacks. They're looking for that playoff spot. I love them. I like it. Taking teams, they got to win. It's true. Um, I want to stick with my, my old reliable, but... I'm going to go with something I actually think I know something about, and we're going to go golf. Uh, I'm going to ride the hot hand, Victor Hovland. Didn't play great today, and he still is tied first. He's, uh, he's a matchup against John Rahm. They're both even odds. So we're going to go Hovland over John Rahm tomorrow, Friday. They tee off at noon, now in 2 p.m. Eastern, so should get should have enough time to get it in. I kind of like that. Dude, I love I love Victor Hovland. Hovland. He's like my favorite golfer. Yeah, I know. I love I'm kind of stealing him from you, but I love Victor Hovland right now. He's, my he's so cool. So cool. And he's like, he's uh, he's like, he's not American, but he looks American and he talks American. So he's American. I claim him. Yeah, the, the Ryder Cup is going to be tough rooting against him, but the Ryder Cup is going to be tough to root for America. Period. Because I don't want to root for fucking Wyndham Clark or Brian Harmon. Yeah. I know it's gonna be. At least we got Scotty. Yeah, I guess I can root for Scotty, but it's Scotty, of course. Yeah, I, mean, I think I would. I think I would not like Scotty as much if he didn't do the foot thing when he swung. I think that's like my favorite part about Scotty. Oh, it just looks so cool when he it looks like it, he's smashing the ball. I have tried to do it so many times, and I almost fall. Oh, almost every time. I don't even oh, know what I've, he does. I have, a good, I have a good video that explains, like, why he does it and, like, how to do it properly and, like, how you can implement it. I could send it to you. Yeah, please do. All right. Numbers. Hurry up. Five seconds. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. Twenty. Five. 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 Oh, my God. I got it in. I got four. Four, five, and 20. I said 22. Oh, no. If 22 hits. We're doing another one. We're skipping this one. We're doing another one. All right. Did we get it? Because we didn't get him in. It was seven anyway. It's okay. All right. 22. Daz, do you still want five? Uh, Yes. 
25. And I'll go with 32. I want to take a moment to uh, shout out Joanne Carner. U.S. US Senior Women's Open today. She's 84 years old. She's a former U.S. She's a former U.S. Women's Open champion. 84 years old. Shot an 80 today. Good for her and terrible for us because the number was 10. Fuck. She broke her age. Jake heard that. It's pretty impressive. I want to. I think that's that's going to be my new goal in life to break my age. Shoot a twenty-two. No, not right now. I mean, when I'm like seventy. Yeah, I could shoot a sixty-nine at seventy. From the seniors' tees, come on. I could do or it. Or just live to a hundred and you're ninety-nine. That's true. That's true. Could also do this that. This is true, but it'd be you know how hard it how hard it would be to shoot a ninety nine at a hundred years old. I really <laughs> hope I'm dead by then. That's so much. Like a hundred. That's so old. I can't do that. Too old. All right, everyone. That's our show for today. Is it? Zach, any closing? Any closing thoughts? Um. Go Red Sox. Bye, everyone. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye.